This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making our truth journey a reality. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. And just a reminder that when you buy a Veritas recurring subscription, you are receiving a 25% discount. This is a way to reward those who want to stay on board long term. Read our terms for more information. You can purchase three, six, nine months, and one or two years. You can also give the gift of truth. We have many Veritas subscription types for you. And coming soon, SanitasRadio.com. Health declassified, because your health and longevity should not be classified information. Stay tuned. This will be a totally separate radio program with its own subscription. If you enjoy Veritas, then you know that I will apply the same standards to Sanitas. Stay tuned and visit SanitasRadio.com for any updates. And if you want to submit prospective guests that should be interviewed for Sanitas, feel free to submit them too. And for MMS, our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, and now phytovitamins, visit the Veritas store. And one last thing, speaking of MMS, you may not know this, but a few days ago, MMS News released a newsletter asking people to watch, comment, and share the video titled Leaked. 
prove the Red Cross cured 154 malaria cases with MMS. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. I posted it at our forum. It's uh, extremely interesting to watch and hear the testimony of physicians and clinicians who are working directly with malaria-stricken individuals in Uganda. I encourage the skeptics, and I know there's plenty of you who are listening who are still probably skeptical. And that's fine. I was one too until I tried it. So if you're a skeptic or not, listen to their first-hand accounts of their experiences. I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. And you know where you can buy MMS, right on our website. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. The Book of Enoch was considered lost until Freemason and traveler James Bruce returned to Europe with copies from Ethiopia in 1773. These copies were not translated into English until 1821 at Oxford University. This high-degree ritual, titled The Royal Art of Enoch, documents the recovery of the lost word of a master mason, the name of God. It is this ritual in particular that has defined, among other things, the American national character. The Royal Art of Enoch also documents the symbolic restoration of the sun as a premier icon in all of Freemasonry and as a supreme emblem of imperial administration, a religiosity lifted from the ancient mysteries, incorporated into the Abrahamic faiths, and carried on in both Blue Lodge and High Degree Masonry. Tonight, Veritas presents our real-life Da Vinci Code, a national treasure mystery, previously unknown to history and historians in both the East and West. What is the Freemason-Hollywood connection? Why are Masonic symbols all over Washington, D.C., and even NASA emblems? Did you know that the 33rd degree is the only degree that cannot be earned? It is conferred. It's honorary and is awarded by the Mother Supreme Council of the World in Washington, D.C. This is the Master Mason degree. For this and much more, tonight's special guest is a 32nd degree insider. Robert W. Sullivan is coming up next, right now on Veritas. This is Graham Hancock, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Robert W. Sullivan, the fourth, is a philosopher, historian, antiquarian, jurist, theologian, writer, and lawyer. The Royal Art of Enoch is his first published work and is a result of 20 years of research. Mr. Sullivan received his BA from Gettysburg College in 1995, having spent his entire junior year studying European history at St. Catherine's College at Oxford University. He received his Juris Doctor degree from Whitener University, Delaware campus, in 2000. He studied international law and jurisprudence at Trinity College at Oxford University. Mr. Sullivan is a Freemason, having joined Amicable, Amicable St. John's Lodge No. 25 in Baltimore, Maryland in 1997. He became a 32nd-degree Scottish Rite Mason in 1999 at Valley of Baltimore, Orient of Maryland. 
a lifelong Marylander. He resides in Baltimore. And to learn more about Robert Sullivan and his work and purchase his book, The Royal Art of Enoch, The Impact of Masonic Ritual, Philosophy, and Symbolism, his websites are linked at ours at VeritasRadio.com. And directly from Baltimore, Maryland, I'm honored to have Robert W. Sullivan coming here to Veritas. Hello, Robert, and welcome. How are you? I am well, Mel, and uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction, and um, it's great to be here on Veritas Radio. It's my pleasure, and I was telling you offline that I received your book a few weeks ago. Over 600 pages. You have poured everything that you have into this book, and I uh, I don't know how I'll be able to fit it all in two hours, but right from the beginning, I have to ask you, being that you are a 32nd degree Mason, and putting all this information in this, in this book, I, how are you able to do so? Isn't being a Freemason somewhat of a, of a mystery school where you have to be initiated in order for you to receive this information? How are you disseminating this? Well, the, the answer may surprise you. Um, when it comes to actually discussing the history of Freemasonry and to a certain extent its rituals, a lot of this material now is what you would call part of the public record. For example, um, you know, I mean, I myself have seen you go on YouTube on a Friday night and if you just want to see, you know, people enacting this ritual even in a Masonic lodge, I've seen this done. I've seen it on the History Channel, Discovery Channel. Um, even when in the higher degrees, um, there are books out there that, you know, you, you can buy online, Albert Pike's book, um, you know, Albert Mackey's Encyclopedia and History of Freemasonry. Um, the general feeling within Freemasonry is that if you're writing a history book of Freemasonry and even discussing the symbolism and the philosophies about it, um, that's really not so much a taboo subject. Um, again, my experience in writing this book is the materials out there, um, and it's and it's not like it's sequestered away, but I will say this, it is definitely spread out all over the place. You'll find some bits of information in this book, some in Albert Mackey, some in Manley Palmer Hall, you know, some in Francis Yates. She was an English historian and was, and was a woman and was not a Mason, yet she talks about it. Um, you know, Albert Pike. Um, discussing the history of Freemasonry and even its symbols and their symbolic interpretations um, and in the Blue Lodge in high degrees, somewhat isn't forbidden, what is sort of really a no-no, um, and they do frown upon, and I have avoided this in my book, is, and, and, and Albert Mackey really gets into this in his encyclopedia. He says, if you want to talk, you know, if you want to talk about the history of Freemasonry, you know, even, you know, the allegorical meanings of the rituals, the symbols, um, things of that nature, he said, there's really no prohibition against that. He said, but what, what masonry really does frown upon is they don't want you giving up like the handshake, the passwords, the tokens, um, the secret names, um, things of that nature. Um, that, and my book does not do that. In fact, when, when, when it comes to writing down the secret name of God, which is prevalent in my book, I actually don't write it down. I just write the initials down. Um, so when you're writing history books about Freemasonry and the symbols, you know, the rituals and the philosophies behind it. There's really not so much of a prohibition against that. I, I, the book's been out almost for a year now, and I have not had anyone, Masonic or otherwise, come to me saying, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done this. In fact, most Freemasons that I've been in touch with love the book. But um, what what is kind of considered off-limits, which if you're a Mason, you really don't want to write down, you know, the passwords, the tokens, the handshakes, um, you know, the um, the sigils, if you will, um, you know, regarding the, you know, the handshakes, 
that sort of uh, taboo, pro prohibited material. And you joined a Masonic Lodge in Baltimore, a third-degree Blue Lodge Mason in 1997. And in 1999, before finishing law school, you became a 32nd-degree Mason in the Masonic organizational structure. I have to ask you this then. In the same organization structure, the 33rd degree is the only degree that cannot be earned. It is conferred. It's honorary, and it's awarded by the Mother Supreme Council of the World in Washington, D.C. Can you tell us more about this? Well, yeah, sure. Um, when, when, you, when, when you become a Blue Lodge Freemason, this is degrees one, two, and three. Um, these are the degrees of Entered Apprentice, Fellowcraft, and Master Mason. Um, once you are conferred, and it depends on your lodge and it depends on your jurisdiction. Um, when I went through, when I went through Amicable Lodge, um, you get the ritual, and then afterwards you have to rehearse for what's called a catechism, where you're asked questions about the ritual and you have to answer them. It's it's prescripted. There's no, it's not like there's a wrong answer. I mean, you you find out what the question is and there's a set answer. Once, but you have to memorize it. Once you pass the catechism in Maryland, at any rate. Um, then you are considered a master mason. So even for me, even after going through the ritual, once you're once you successfully complete the catechism on that degree, um, then you're a master mason. Um, when you join after that, there are really two main uh, you know separate bodies that one can go into. There are others, but there are really the two main ones are the York Rite and the Scottish Rite. I chose Scottish Rite just because, and th this is not me talking negative or anything. Um, the York Rite ends the York Rite ritual or degree path, if you will, ends with the Knights Templar. And the Knights Templar ceremony requires a Christian confession. Um, so if you're like me, a deist, or if you're Jewish or Buddhist or Muslim, um, you might have a little, you know, it's, it's really the only Masonic um, um, ceremony that actually requires a religious um, confession. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I'm not saying it for that. But I went into the Scottish Rite, um, which is degrees 4th or 4th, through 32, um, you are absolutely correct. The 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite is honorary. You cannot solicit it. You cannot petition for it. Um, it is generally given to people in the community who do charity work, um, who have uh, been in maybe perhaps in politics or have had a political career, um, perhaps become famous um, and, and, you know, d donate time to the community through their um, fame. Um, it's completely honorary. You cannot solicit it. It is bestowed upon you, and you're correct. Um, you know, once you reach the 30, 32nd in the Scottish Rite, it's essentially over with unless you get a letter in the mail or a phone call from the um, Supreme Council saying they want to um, honor you with the 33rd degree, and it cannot be solicited, and um, you just uh, – you know, you just, it just, it's, it's through merit, um, and it's not through anything you, you know, you solicit. What does it take for somebody to become a 33rd degree Mason? I'm sure that from all the Masons, I'm pretty sure that this probably would be a, a large, uh, a minority, if you will. But I think of, for example, Opie, Ron Howard. He, in order to finish his movie Apollo 13, I heard that he had to, uh, he, he had to complete his 33rd degree may have uh, a third degree how would somebody like him do it just because he was filming the movie and of course we know that nasa is very well connected to freemasonry um i i i, I do not know anything about um uh ron howard's membership in masonry but um if if, if he went through the scottish right and was a 32nd uh, you know it is not uncommon um for a celebrity 
to receive the 33rd degree, um, it, you know, it, to, to obtain it, it's generally done through charity work, work within Freemasonry, um, work within the community. This can be political. This can be um, through an industry that does charity work or, um, you know, you, you have reached a certain level of celebrity where they will bestow it upon you. This could be, you know, again, this can be up through, you know, a political political rising as well. Um, you know, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, the former head of the FBI, became a 33rd through, um, you know, his directorship of the FBI. Whether you want to think that's good or bad, that's up to the individual. But, um, you know, you know, being, you know, Harry Truman's another one um, through, you know, being, you know, the president and uh, his association with politics. And, you know, he was awarded the 33rd degree. So it basically has to do with your work in the community on a political, social, economic level. Um, I, I, it is news to me that Ron Howard is a 33rd. I, I, I just don't know enough about it. I, I mean, I didn't even know he was a Mason, to be honest with you. But um, there are many Masons in Hollywood that I'm certain of. I mean, I documented it in the book. Um, and I would not be at all surprised if you were to tell me that Ron Howard um, was a Mason. And when, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned this because I document, um, yeah, there, there is numerous you know, when you get into the NASA iconography, and I document the one, the 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 Apollo 13 symbol. But yeah, when you get into it, you know, you're definitely dealing with um, you know, names of you know the Apollo, Gemini, Mercury. Um, you know, these all have quasi Masonic meanings, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it would not surprise me at all to learn that Ron Howard was not a uh, a Freemason and even was a 33rd at this point. And prior to the 1700s, I want to discuss this with you. I'm not sure that this is part of your book, but I want to get your take on this. Prior to the 1700s, the Freemasons were employed by by popes to build uh, Europe's cathedrals. Anybody who's been in Europe or those of you who live there, you know what I'm referring to. It's just absolutely astounding, beautiful architecture. But in the early 1700s, something changed. And all of a sudden, the Holy See turned on the Freemasons, almost as if one pope realized that there were symbols or secrets that were being passed through the architecture. So Pope Leo the Thirteenth, I believe, condemned Freemasonry in eighteen eighty four. So even today's pope, while he was a cardinal, I mean the one before the last one, uh, in nineteen eighty three, he said, "Quote: The faithful who enroll in Masonic associations are in a state of grave sin and may not receive holy communion." Unquote. What happened? Why the change of heart? Well, the, the first papal bull against Freemasonry, I want to say, comes in the 1700s. Um, it, it's earlier than that. Um, when you get into concepts of the actual Germanic stone workers, um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, there are definitely, these, these buildings are definitely riddles in stone, no, no doubt about that. The likely explanation is that these stonemasons are using some sort of Kabbalistic mathematical secrets being brought back from the Holy Land by the Knights Templars. That's the most common theory on all this. I mean, I, I can't document it 100%, but, um, you know, that seems to be the, the idea is that the Templars brought back some sort of Kabbalistic mathematical secrets from the Holy Land um, and that these Germanic stoneworkers were now, with this knowledge, able to produce these, you know, flying buttresses, these huge um, cathedrals. Freemasonry as an organization comes um, comes together. I mean, and as modern Freemasonry as it is today is 1717 on June 24th in England. Um, the June 24th day is a reference to the summer solstice, by the way. Um, but um, it's shortly thereafter that the Pope um, 
um, uh, you know, sort of issues this papal bull against Freemasonry. What what it sort of. Um Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.